Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, episode of The Thinking Coach with David Petrozello. Uh, we're just waiting for David to join us. He'll be with us very shortly. Um, we're talking about uh, culture, team culture today, uh, club culture, um, and, and how that all interrelates. Uh, and when David joins us in just a minute, we will get started on that. So just before David jumps in, just to let everybody know what's coming up uh, on SportRex, on our SportRex channel, uh, and hopefully also on our Facebook page as well. There's a couple of shows that will be live to Facebook as well as on SportRex. Later today, we have uh, the final episode in my coaching journey, uh, which will be the last part of that series. So you're about to tune in around two o'clock West Australian time for that. Um, and then there, later today, there'll be another spotlight on the coach. Uh, we're introducing and we're um, interviewing Andrew Davey, uh, who's a hockey coach from here in Australia. Uh, we'll be interviewing him. So you'll be able to catch that uh, live um, this afternoon. And then tomorrow uh, at uh, around 10 o'clock West Australian time, uh, we will have the traditional end of the week uh, with the great sports debate with Karen Longhurst and myself. So I'll be hosting that uh, as well. So we're just, as I say, just waiting for David to join us. Uh, when he does, uh, we will get the program underway and we will be talking about uh, uh, culture and, and how, that, how you build culture within a team structure and within a club, uh, which is always an interesting topic always one that's open for a lot of discussion um, and it should be quite quite interesting to 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 get different perspectives on on that because it's always something that uh, that clubs and uh, teams and everyone prides themselves on um, it's rare you rarely uh, I think a lot of clubs you know it doesn't they don't always get it right um, but uh, it, it, it's certainly an interesting topic. Um, yes. Uh, so we just, as I say, we're just just still waiting. He, he is due to join us. He'll be here. Uh, he'll be here in a second. Um, I'm just uh, just confirming uh, he's with us. He'll be on his way. So that's what we're as I say, that's what we're talking about and of course we've had some interesting interesting couple of things occur over the last couple of days as you'll be aware we've um sports coaching insights didn't go to air yesterday uh just as a bit of an update on that um that will probably go to uh, that episode will probably go to air next week um at this stage um but uh, stay tuned if anything changes we'll let you know uh again just to, just a shout out to everybody that is watching um, if you are interested in hosting a show, doing a show, if you are someone that has a product that you'd like to be reviewed, uh, if you're someone that thinks that you can make a contribution to uh, coach develop, coaching development, coach education, um, let us know. Get in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch with us through Facebook or you can get in touch with us through email. Um, and we'll we'll see what we can do. David's just about to join us now, so we're going to get in. We're going to get into it. I'll introduce David when he when he joins us. But yes, if you if you, if you are you are somebody who uh, can 
for certainly do that. Please let us know. Anyway, uh, we'll get into the show. David's just joined us, so I'm going to uh, throw this over to and, and welcome David. Good to see you, David. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, good to see you, Jerome. So Here we go again. <laughs> so we talk, we talk. As I was just saying, with this, we are talking about a very interesting topic, and it's and it's culture, and it's often something that clubs and teams pride themselves on, uh, but often don't get it right. Um, uh, I know here in Australia, a lot of people they talk about culture, but there's a difference between talking about it and actually doing it. For you, what defines that? What is a what is culture? Uh, I guess is is the best way to where to start. What do you define as culture being? Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know what? Like that's not just uh, something that happens in Australia. It happens everywhere along the way. Over the last number of years, um, some catchphrases or buzzwords have really entered into sport uh, and into business and into, you know, whether that's the corporate world or now we're, we're talking about your family culture, not in terms of your, you know, your community, but even just in terms of, you know, what happens inside of your family. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, the, the real meaning of the term can become uh, lost um, in, um, in the cliche or in, in the buzzword you know, uh, I, I think a, a good place to start with your question, I'm actually going to tackle it in reverse. I'm going to start by um, by identifying, in my opinion, what culture is not. And um, I, I, I guess the first thing that I would say is that culture is not a slogan that you put on a T-shirt mm. or on a sign. Um, it's, it's not something that exists on paper. Um, you know, I, I think that we see oftentimes clubs or, or teams or or companies, um, you know, write out a, a, a beautiful, a beautiful and, you know, well-intentioned uh, vision statement and, um, you know, values and all of these sort of important things, but they they remain on the page. They they don't come to life. Yeah. Um, or they, they remain on the sign in, um, in the locker room or in the hallway, but they, they're not lived by the people that are a part of that, that organization or that team or that, you know, whatever it might be. So starting with what it's not, I, it's a little bit easier to, to lead into what it is, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and, and that is the way culture is how you live and do the things that you do together. It is action-based, okay? Yes. Culture is how we, okay, do things here, how we do those things here. Um, and it's in the way that we coexist together as a group. Um, it's what we believe in together. And it's the way that we live out those beliefs. It's the way we live out those values. You know, uh, and that's what culture really comes down to. Y you will know more about the culture of a how people train, how they compete, how they interact with each other, how they interact with others. 
mm. um, uh, more, you'll learn more by watching them that way than you will by reading uh, a document that outlines what the institutional culture or what the program culture is. It's interesting we talk about that and you come from the other way, which I think is very important. What it, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you're right too, a lot of organisations define, they, they interpret culture not quite correctly. It, they often interpret, like you say, as what it isn't, as opposed to what it should be. Um, and, and that, I guess, leads into the next, the next question. Um, a lot of people say that there's two kinds of culture. There's poor culture there's, and there's good culture. Do you see it that way? Is it that easily defined? Or are there more complexities to this than, than perhaps clubs and teams and organisations um, think there are? Great question. Um, in some ways, yes, it is. It is black and white uh, in in the sense of some some. There are some good ones and there are some bad ones. Uh, when it comes to you know maybe looking at how people treat other people, okay, um, and and I think that as a as a basis as a starting point, every every team or or club it needs to to really give thought to how, how are we going to treat each other? How are we going to coexist together? And at a basic level, there are good ways to treat people and there are bad ways to treat people. Um, and so if, if it's acceptable for there to be manipulation, abuse, bullying, um, you know, these sorts of things, there's, in my opinion, there is no world under the sun where that is a good thing. Um, that is a bad culture and I'm happy to slap that label onto it. Um, what, when it comes to, um, you know, other aspects of the culture, when it comes to the environment, uh, that leads to performance, uh, the training environment, the comp, the competitive environment, um, I, I think there, there will be a lot of variety, um, because every place is going to be different unique not because it's just different in terms of it's one club or another club one team or a different team it's because the people that are involved in that situation are not involved in other situations um and and they bring their collective experiences that are unique and individual to where they are right now and that makes it different so you know the variety of, of um, you know, types of cultures, of habits and behaviors that you see, um, it's, there will be a lot of variety. It's going to be quite significant, that variety, because every place is going to be different. And labeling things as good or bad when it comes to that side of the equation is much more difficult. Um, whereas, you know, as I said in, in the initial examples, where we're talking about how we treat people and some other things, it, 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 you can go out on not very long of a limb and say, that's bad, this is good. Um, but it gets far more nuanced after that. It's interesting, you're talking about that. And, and, and this, 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 is, this is something that uh, we're seeing play itself out uh, right now here in Australia. We, we have a couple of football clubs in the AFL that are going through 
existential crises around uh, around coaching the culture. Um, often the tendency is to blame the coach when things are not succeeding. Um, I tend to view it differently. I think you can't you, from it's not always the coach. Sometimes there's much more deep-seated problems within there. Um, we've, you know, I find I've often found here, particularly here in Australia, is that um, clubs or teams or organisations tend to seem to think the culture comes with the coach. How do you does the culture come with the coach? Is that is that something that when is that something that occurs? Is the coach, does the coach bring the, do you see it as the coach brings the culture or really for a coach to be successful, that's already got to be there. There's got to be some basis for it going in. I think it's both. Uh, the coach will bring uh, the culture that they bring with them, the, the habits, uh, the, the beliefs, the values, brought to life um, in, in, in how the team functions. What does the team do day to day? How do they treat each other? How do they train? How do they compete? Um, what is, how do they deal with success and defeat? Um, all of these things are elements of the culture and that flows directly functionally from the coach. Um, I think that in particular at, at higher levels, um, it, it, it becomes, I think, naive to think that culture stops at the water's edge in the sense of on the, on the field, on the court culture, off the field, off the court culture, that these two things do not coexist and do not overlap and do not, you know, uh, bleed into one another. At younger levels, um, if you're dealing with youth, most of the time, the coach is probably the only real point of contact that the team members have with the club um, or have with the, the program that they're a part of. Um, so it, you know, the, how the, the, the coach functions um, really sets the tone and that's pretty much all they know. But at higher levels, with far more involvement, far more people, far more intersecting um, priorities, uh, that off-field, on-field, and the off-field goes right to the root of how an organization is and has been. Um, I've been in situations where I've had cultural alignment with the program that I was a part of, the the club that I was a part of. And, um, you know, things were were great. I've been in situations where I've had cultural misalignment uh, with with the the program. And, you know, things at some stage just cannot function because a coach will go to great lengths to you know, seed, and I, and I want to get to that in, in, in a minute, but seed their culture, okay, and to cultivate it. Um, and if that is out of alignment with the values or the beliefs of the club or the board or the, you know, the whatever, okay, 
um, the the other element there off the field, it's it's probably not going to work in the long run. Okay, so yes, a coach does bring their culture and their habits and how the team functions, um, but you know there there is a pre existing condition um, that is there which a coach cannot ignore, cannot be naive enough to to think that they are going to change that culture, um, you know, on their own. Uh, and also to be naive to think that that won't affect my players, won't affect my, my staff, won't affect my team. Um, there really needs to be alignment there. You talk there about seeding a culture. Um, let's get into that. Let's, let's, let's drill down into that. How do you go about that? How do you actually... You know, for example, you walk into a club, the culture's not too good. You've obviously got to make those changes. How do you go about seeding that? What do you need to be doing? What do you need? What are some of the indicators you need to be looking for to be able to get this right? The first thing that I do is a mental game. Um, and, and the mental game that I'm talking about here is that I, I think of culture as an ecosystem, as an environment. And if you think about your garden, Okay, or you think about whatever ecosystem that that you might have an impact on. Um, you, it's a living place where things coexist with each other, where nothing is in isolation. One plant can't exist in isolation from another plant, and so on. Okay, there is mutual dependence there. There is a real um, connection that is uh, created between everything that is in that ecosystem. And that's what culture is. That's what your culture is. You can't think about your culture in silos, in isolation from other things. You can't think of it in silos from how you behave, from the actions that, um, that you know, your, your team lives out on the day-to-day. So if you come into a situation where there's, you know, um, you know, a, a need, so to speak, to change the culture, the, the first thing is to remember it's an ecosystem. You don't, you don't operate in isolation um, from the rest of the environment that you are connected yeah. to inside the club, inside the program. Having a real firm clarity uh, for yourself um, in your mind of, of what your culture is going to be like. What is it going to be like to play for you, to play on your team, to be a part of your team, to, to interact with you, um, all that. You, you really need to know that clearly. And the work that you do, I say it all the time, but do your work early. Um, the, the work that you do to say, okay, this is what I believe. This is my value statement. We, uh, let's say the value statement is we are positive with each other. Okay. What are the behaviors that support that value? Because now it's the behaviors that actually seed the soil, okay? 
And how are we going to then practice that value, live that value, build that habit and cultivate that culture of being positive with one another on the day to day? And you are okay. So we are supportive. That's an element of being positive. We celebrate or spotlight people that do well. We reframe the idea of calling out to calling up and we celebrate the calling up of people to being better. Um, and we, we exercise those behaviors on ourselves uh, as well. And we correct ourselves or catch ourselves or point out, Hey, you know, I, I went, I went negative there. And it's not that negativity is like, you can never remove negativity is not never telling people they've done something wrong. That's not being negative. Mm. Being negative is telling people they've done something wrong. And as a result of that mistake, they are a bad person. Mm. That is negativity. That is not the same thing. All right. You can be very demanding and be in a positive environment. Um, so, you know, you, whatever your values are that you believe make up the key parts of what the culture is going to be in your team, how the team is going to, to operate and function and what habits are we going to do? Are we going to build with each other? Um, identify those, understand how those become actionable. Like what does that look like in real life? So it doesn't, it's not something that stays on paper. Right. Um, and then, you know, make sure that you are able to identify those behaviors when they are being exercised, also when they are not being exercised, and understand that it's a constant day-to-day, -day, um, you know, thing. It's a day-to-day -day effort. It requires daily effort to cultivate the soil, to cultivate the culture, so that your ecosystem can be healthy, your culture can be healthy. You have to be about it every day. And if you're not about it every day, weeds are going to creep in, okay? Invasive species are going to creep in. Toxicity is going to creep in. Whatever the opposite of the value that you want to have, it's going to creep in. So the vigilance and the positivity about being being on top of that day-to-day -day is really, really important for us as coaches. And so that's where I would start. I would start with this understanding that everything is connected. I would start by identifying, again, knowing me, myself as a coach. This is what I believe in. I, I think that teams are at their best when they are selfless, when they are, you know, you can figure that out for yourself as a coach. I think there are a lot of common ones that come back, you know, over and over again, and that's fine. Um, but then the way that those values are going to be lived out in your situation will not be the same as my situation. Yes. And that's where as coaches, we have to do our work so that we are uh, able to live it out day to day, celebrate it when we see it, correct it when we see the opposite and keep that ball rolling so that our soil, our garden, our culture is healthy and sustainable. Just quickly, uh, Kieran um, is with us again. He says, hi, Dave, hope, hope you're well. So Kieran's watching. Um, this is always a topic he, he gets very interested in. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't actually asked a question yet. Um, I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it could well be. It could well be. <laughs> um, 
you know, we've all been in a situation, you know, I've, I guess we've all, you know, over the years walked into a situation as a coach where we, we've, we've walked into different cultures coming in, you know, because obviously if, you, if you're walking into a club that's established or an organisation that's established, there is a cult. In theory, there's a culture that should already be there. Um, I suppose the next thing, I, I, I guess we talk about seeding positive culture. How do you identify that this culture is at, the culture is, it's a bad culture or for that matter, um, a toxic culture? Is there a difference between a bad culture and a toxic culture? Or, or is, it the, is it essentially the same thing? You know, I, I think that um, there, there, there's, a, there's an old um, quote uh, about, and it's actually about, you know, pornography. Um, and it, it said, you know, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. And uh, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's much the same idea, right? Like you, you may not be able to define something specifically, but you know it when you see it. And you know it when you, you feel it, when you can feel a bad environment, it's, it's obvious. You can, um, and it, it might not be obvious to the people that are in it because when we, when we become um, immersed in an environment, that becomes our normal. Mm. And the, the, that is why change is so difficult because change rattles the normal and be begins to introduce a new normal. And that transition from the old normal to the new normal is painful because it requires us to change what it is that we are doing. Um, and that requires um, a lot of effort. Um, so I think that I, I would say one thing though about the, the, the coming into a, wherever we arrive, wherever we go as a coach, whatever situation we are in, it doesn't matter. There is a culture. There's one. Yeah. It's there. Whether it's good or it's bad is very much like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Okay. In a lot of ways. Outside of the toxicity, bullying, manipulation, Okay, abusive behavior, all of these like non-negotiable things that if they exist, it's bad. Mm. Um, so the the what we bring to the table as leaders is our our take on what makes a good culture, a good high performance culture, a good developmental culture a good grassroots culture, a, like all of these things are not going to be the same. Grassroots coaches should not or should be avoiding, I'll say it this way, should avoid trying to emulate what is done at the very highest level of their sport. Mm. Because what the environment that you are working with is not the same as the environment that Olympians are working with. When it comes to performance, when it comes to treating people, I, I mean, I, you hear me say this a lot. There's a human element. The human element is universal. Yes. Okay. 
But the performance element, the organizational element, the practical functional element, those are not universal. My One of my favorite books is Legacy. James Kerr, mm-hmm. The All Blacks. Phenomenal book. I reread it regularly. Yes. The All Blacks clearly are a like a poster child for a high performing culture um, that is rooted in the people. Okay. A people centric environment. And there are a lot of things that we can take away from, from how they do what they do, what their culture is, but you can't take everything away. Uh, you, you, you can't try to coach your 16 and under hockey team the way that the All Blacks are being coached. You can, you know, there are elements that can transfer themselves, but there are some that just can't. So the, the, the same thing applies to technical knowledge um, or tactical approaches, right? Like some things work because they work at that level because of the athleticism or the whatever the case may be. And they won't work at other levels because the lack of whatever it is that made it work at that other level, just, you just don't have it. Okay. Um, And it's the same thing when it comes to building your culture. It's the same thing when it comes to trying to create that ecosystem within your team. Okay. Um, and the, the best ones are not only proactive, the best cultures are not only proactive as in, Hey, this is, this is who we are. Okay. But it's also reactive. It's, it, it, it includes the involvement of the people that are a part of it. Coaches, if they are an athlete centered coach, are going to be responsive to who their athletes are Mm. and are, it's not about saying like, I'm just going to do things based on what they want or what they like or what, no, but who they are, what they want and what they like is going to help you help them. If you understand it, rather than saying, this is what my culture is as the coach and completely disregard um, who the people are that have to live in it um, and be a part of, of, of your team, be a part of your environment. So it, it really does, Jerome, uh, it really does come back to the, the, the toxicity and the negativity. Um, you know it when you see it. And beyond that, it's very important that coaches understand the need to um, make it relevant to to their group, to their age, to their to the developmental level of the athlete, athletically, but also socially, emotionally, um, and so forth. So it it is not something that you can read an article and be like, hey. I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, roll that right out and do that with my group. You, you really, 
if you want it to sustain itself and you want it to be helpful for your athletes, um, you've got to do some work. You got to do some work. Yeah. We, yeah, we're talking there. And, and I, and I want to, I want to, I want to sort of touch on a point. Um, you know, we're talking about culture here and, and you, you, a coach obviously is, has identified, you can, and you say, you, you know, when you see it, um, if you're, if you can see that there's a bad culture or a toxic culture at a club that you're potentially, or a team you're potentially going into, is that something, you know, should you be saying to yourself, oh, no, I don't think, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that job. Or is it more, no, I am going to take that job because I see that as a challenge to change that and turn it around. Great question. It, it is the, uh, what, whatever it's the $60 million question or, you know, whatever the, the, the old, the old, uh, show was right. Um, let, let me start with an example. I don't know if, if people will recognize the name, uh, but the Sacramento Kings, the Sacramento Kings are a, a team in the NBA, uh, in, in, in a basketball team in the NBA, um, they are perennially dysfunctional. I mean, just utterly dysfunctional. They are no, no good on the court, uh, generally speaking. And they are, um, you know, for lack of a better term, like they're a bit of a gong show off the court. Every time there is a coaching change, good coaches line up for opportunities in that program. Um, and because at the end of the day, there, there is a supply and demand issue when it comes to opportunity. There are a lot more coaches looking for opportunities than there is the, so that's the demand. Then there is the supply of opportunity. Now, the NBA, there are 30 teams in the world. It's the best of the best. So I understand that's a, it's a little bit different. It's, a, it's obviously a, 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 you know, a distinct example. But I think that coaches, we often, we often um, have the same mindset, regardless of whatever level we are working at. Um, and so I can speak from personal experience that I, I, I have taken positions before uh, where part of the appeal of me taking the position was because of, uh, you know, who I have been and who I am as a person, as a coach, as a builder of programs and a builder of culture. Um, and it was, we want you to come in uh, because you do it the right way. You don't cheat you work hard, you build good, good culture, come in and change the culture. Okay. Um, th that is, that is a, a good thing to do. If you are in a situation where uh, there is a recognition of that need. Okay. The culture needs changing. Um, come in and change it. We will support you. That could be a great, great opportunity. Um, 
I, I have said to coaches before, though, that the worst kind of rebuilds and, and typically the places with bad culture are the places that have no success. Mm. So you are, you know, we talk about rebuilds. Those rebuilds on the court are going to necessitate a rebuild off the court, a rebuild in, in the culture as well. Um, but the worst, the worst kind of rebuilds are the ones where people don't realize they are in a rebuild. Uh, and, and that can become really tricky because there are, um, you know, coaches tend to be really process driven. Uh, we understand how to line up dominoes, how to hit dominoes, you know, how, how it's going to play out over the next, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, there is a, a, a plan. Okay. Um, whereas oftentimes for, for folks who are not coaches, uh, who often are making decisions uh, for coaches or about coaches, um, there can be a disconnect there. So I, I think that I think that anytime a coach is looking at an opportunity, it's it's just it's just good business. It's just good sense to um, educate yourself and ask the difficult questions about um, why why has there not been much success. Mm. Uh, why, you know, why did this coach leave? Why did, why did this coach get his contract terminated halfway through? Um, you know, why? And, um, you know, cause the people that are making the decisions in terms of off the field, the boards or whatever the case may be, um, you know, they, they, their perspective should, should be a big part of your, um, your thinking. I think taking on a, a challenge to change a culture is a great thing. I've done it many times, um, probably too many times, uh, where, you know, I, I, I'm looking for the, 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 the rush of the work that comes with, with bringing about change. Um, but it can also be an impossible task if you are not in the right situation. Um, and I would just encourage coaches, ask the difficult questions, allow yourself to become uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I think I've said it before, but, but when you are, when you are looking at an opportunity, you need to be flipping that around in this way, that, that dynamic, the hiring dynamic. The, the club, the team, the organization, they are not hiring you. You are hiring them. Yeah. And if you, if you flip that around, it gives you a real opportunity to say, you know what? Um, this is a good fit. I think this is a good fit. I think this is not a good fit. I, I don't want to work with these people rather than have a scarcity mindset, which is really what Let's just take the opportunity because it's a great opportunity. Sometimes that will work out. Sometimes that won't. Um, but the poor Sacramento Kings have replaced a lot of good coaches over the years. Um, so uh, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Well, the Richmond Football Club here, here for a number of years could, could define themselves as that from about 1980. Uh, 81, 82 onwards. They could certainly define themselves in that regard. And there's other clubs here in Australia. Uh, at all levels that could define themselves in that regard, you know, replacing a revolving door of 
revolving door of coaches. Um, I think that's what I said when I was saying, you know, they clubs with is it is it a scenario? And I guess this is an interesting point. You talk about the Kings there. Is it a scenario where the administration are not seeing that it's not the coach; it's actually their culture? Uh, are they are they perhaps like you say they're blinded by uh, the situation? It, it, in in professional sport at that level, um, and in there, I mean, without getting too much in, you know, too far into the weeds with that situation, but it seems like, um, you know, we're talking about a a billionaire several times over, uh, and um, and you know, some organizations, the the ownership group is very involved. Uh, and some some situations, the ownership group is not very involved, and they allow the content experts uh, to do their work. And I'll let you figure out which one is which uh, for uh, <laughs> for for them. Um, how do we? We talked a little bit. We briefly talked a little bit about buzzwords around this sort of stuff, and there are a lot of buzzwords around it, and a lot of cliches around it. As an organisation, as a club, as a team even as a coach, how do we avoid getting stuck in simply talking at it, talking about it in buzzwords as opposed to actually physically doing it on the ground? Great question, Jerome. I think it's something that we all struggle with, um, in particular when we are trying to go too fast too soon. We, we have to pace the building of our culture with what it is that we can actually do. Um, and if we, if we try really hard, I think it's possible for us to introduce those values, tag them with the behaviors that support, manifest, exhibit, seed that value in a way that is uh, gradual, okay? So if you rattle off um, 10 different things, you know, and I mean, if you have 10 values, do you have any? But anyway, uh, the, if, if everybody gets a medal, who, who really won, uh, right? So if you have this situation uh, where you, you go too far too fast, then you won't be able to live all of those because it's no different than teaching a skill. It's no different than teaching a team concept. You can only do what people can do. Um, and until they can do it really well and until they've, they've, they've really incorporated those behaviors into their lives, you shouldn't proceed too far because... As soon as you do, I guarantee you, you'll be saying things that you won't be able to live. Um, so master the fundamentals, um, so to speak, of your culture. Start with the most important values. There's a great little YouTube video that's, I don't know how many years old now, but um, like there is some, some present and a few different there are probably a few different versions of it, but it's the big rocks, little rocks, um, ones where, you know, they're the, 
the presenter had, you know, a set amount of large rocks and a set amount of smaller pebbles. And he had um, containers, identical containers. And he, you know, the, the presenter took, in the first instance, took the jug of pebbles, poured the jug in to the container and then tried to fit the big rocks and couldn't, right? As opposed to putting the big rocks in first, sliding the pebbles down, they fit in all around, they find every little crack and crevice and lo and behold, you're able to fit everything into the container. Um, you gotta start with the big rocks first, basically is the point of that. And I think it applies to your culture building exercise as well. Start with what matters the most. Typically, it's going to be some type of relational value, how we treat each other. How, how are we going to interact? Okay. Are we, are we going to demand that we are connected? Are, is this our standard? Are we going to, our standard of behavior is going to be connected, united, Okay, et cetera. Great. All right, start with that. Those are the big rocks. All of these other things that exhibit the, the other values, they still matter. Um, but if you try to do too many of those things, if you get, if you get caught up in, in trying to race ahead and get to the pebbles, those, those big rocks, um, the, you know, the main ones are just not going to, they're just not going to fit. Okay. And you're going to end up saying things that you cannot uh, then go ahead and live, which is counterproductive. So, you know, less is more slow and steady, get it right. Do it once. If you get it right, you only got to do it once. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, John Wooden uh, said something, you know, if, if, if you're so to, like something to the effect, I'm, I don't want to quote him directly, but he said something to the effect of, you know, if you're so in a hurry that you can't do it right, when will you have time to do it over? And I mean, yeah, a hundred percent do it, do it right. Do it once. Um, I just, as we're summing up, I just want to sum, I want us to, you know, we're, we're summing up, but one of the things I, I think I guess I you hear a lot of from time to time is that particularly the high performance level, oh, well, you know, um, the Perth Wildcats have a great culture. We want to replicate that. Is that a danger to take someone else's culture and just simply try to transplant it in your environment? Yet, by you know, what... You know, is that is there a risk in doing that, or should we be? Is it more about you, you can look at other people's culture, but ultimately you 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 still need to define your own. I think that there is a lot to be learned uh, by you know following the clues that success has left. Okay, because success leaves clues. The danger is in taking words, slogans, all of that stuff um, that is not culture, putting it on a wall or a T-shirt and saying we are copying the culture like this is us. 
there's far less of a risk uh, when it comes to, you know, learning from the success that others have had um, when what it is that you are bringing over to your situation are people who have experienced what it looks like every day to be that way. Because what they can bring is lived experience. Um, and they can say, like, this is how we did it every day. These are the habits that we had every day. Um, so, you know, copying a PowerPoint presentation and slapping a different logo on it and calling it your own, huge risk. Because you don't know what it takes for that to come to life. But not so much of a risk if, if you bring people to your organization who have previously lived what it is that you would like to not copy, but incorporate uh, and bring to your environment and make it unique to where you are. Because it's the people that make it happen. It's the habits that bring it to life. And someone who has firsthand knowledge of what that actually means, they can help you. Um, but that's, so that's far less risky than, you know, like I say, copying a PowerPoint or taking a PDF and, and, and trying to just, you know, adopt it wholesale. Mm -hmm. uh, in summing up um, this particular topic, what, what's the one or, or group of things you would say to, to coaches, to organizations that they need to be looking at in order to, to get this right? Yeah. You know, I, I work with a lot of different um, settings I, I, on culture. Okay. A lot of different, either clubs, boards, uh, coaching teams, uh, athletic departments, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and the, the first thing that, that we always do is start with an exercise um, where we actually ask ourselves first, how does it feel to be coached by you? How do you think it feels to be coached by you? Or how do you think it feels to be a player in your club? Or how do you think it feels to be an employee of your business? Okay, whatever, whatever the environment is. And, you know, we, you, you couple that, of course, with actual data of knowing how are people actually living that? Um, because what matters is the, the relational experience. Um, and, and so what I would like to leave coaches or, or, or clubs, you know, with is this idea that you should always be thinking from the perspective of the people you are trying to serve. Coaches, we serve our players. Clubs, we serve our members, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. If you, if you run through that thought exercise, you can probably start to see that there might be some areas where what you, working on your vision statement, working on your... Um, you know, your corporate documents and so forth, or your, your club documents, you know, it looks good on paper, but how do, when someone walks into the stadium, how do they experience what matters to, 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 to us? 
So I would just, I would just bring it all the way back to this idea that the way in which people live with each other, interact with each other, compete against one another, train, how, you know, like everything, that all is a function of what does that environment feel like? What is the experience that people have as a part of your environment? And um, if you keep the focus on the people, and if you keep the focus on those big rocks, whatever they might be, um, then you can start down the road of building yourself a high performance culture. When you are, you can start, you know, building, um, adding the seeds, adding the smaller rocks about, you know, the 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 grimy details of the day to day um, that go into high performance outcomes, but. but Listen, that can take a long time and you cannot rush it because if you do it right, you do it slower, but you, you only got to do it once. Yeah. And the, the worst situations, in my opinion, are the ones that every, it's almost like a cycle. Well, it's been a couple of years now, so here we go. Where's, it's time for us to reset the culture again, Right. Um, and if, if you see that happen, um, you know, there's something going on there. Take your time, do it right. Do it once. Ladder it as you go. Okay. But start with the focus on how people treat each other, what the respect, you know, value is between one another um how people are going to celebrate one another how people are going to correct one another how people are going to 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 you know to live with each other when they are on the pitch when they are in the clubhouse when they are you know all of these things just make sure that whatever it is that you're trying to do you can live it day to day okay and don't get too far ahead of yourself when the time comes you will know because you will see that these big rock values and the attached habits and like the way that people live those, you're going to see it consistently, right? You're going to, you're going to see people pick each other up. You're going to see people uh, compete really hard with one another, but without that, I want to beat you because it helps me, right? I it's, it's more so I want to beat you because it makes me work hard. And if I work hard, you work hard and we both get better and we're both connected rather than, you know, Jerome, if Jerome loses, that's good for me, bad for him. And that's what I want. Like that you will start to see all of these changes happen. And when you see them, now, you know, that all of those seeds that you planted, the earth has been watered. It's healthy. Roots are taking are taking shape and now you're really onto something. And there's, that is an exhilarating aspect of what we do. When we start to see, you know, rubber hitting the road, so to speak, and we start to see our culture, you know, being lived out by, by our athletes and coaches um, on their own, just out of habit. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And, you know, I just encourage coaches to, to, to not be afraid of tackling that 
Don't be afraid of tackling it. We all got to do it. Uh, we've all been through it. You know, keep your head up and and stick with that stick with that process because it's it's well well worth it. Well, once again, David, thank you for being with us and thank you for another uh, thinking coach. Very insightful topic here today. Um, again, thank you again. Thank you to everyone that's been watching. Um, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again, David. Thanks, Ron.